0: Jeremiah 33, would you please turn there if you would please? One thing I really want to learn how to do in my lifetime is to talk with God. I want to learn how to pray. I want to know what much more it means to pray. And I'm 53 years old and I should be farther along in my prayer life than I am presently. And uh, it's something that burdens me. It's been good for me to preach quite frankly in this topic because I'm learning as I go and whoever does the teaching does the learning. And uh, there's an area that I think it's is just a private discipline that is challenging. It's challenging in our churches. One thing I think about COVID, the things that those of you have been here, I think it's caused us to take a little bit of time in every service to pray. And I'm watching and I'm seeing that God is helping us go from awkwardness to This is okay. This is normal. This is good. This is, what, this is what worship is. And I think worship has several elements. Public reading of Scriptures, preaching of God's Word, prayer, public praise, and then I think also of, uh, of giving to the Lord, worshiping by giving. I think those are five things I know that God wants in His church. When we come together He wants us to read the Scriptures. He wants us to open our Bibles and to relate to the Scripture. He wants us to hear what He has to say. He wants us to publicly praise through song and testimonies. He wants us to have a place of prayer. And he wants us to give to the Lord. And uh, I'm grateful that I'm going to a church I think is we're learning together. Your pastor's learning with you in this area. But I've been really challenged. I think prayer is challenging. But as I look at prayer and say, why is it so difficult? I think because it accomplishes so much spiritually. Most of us, we have no problem working eight hours, but praying for eight minutes, that's another story. We have no problem writing out a check for a kid to go to camp, and we should. But we have a problem spending time in prayer. Prayer. We have no problem sitting on a, on, a, on a social media typing out our blogs, or our thoughts, and our situations. And I don't know there's always wrong about that. But oftentimes we have a problem, and we go and put it out there on Facebook. We go out and put it out there, our, our situation. And we, we forfeit the opportunity to have a, a relationship with God. And in prayer are birthed two things. When a Christian learns to pray, we get vision and passion. We get to see things better. We have better vision about what God's trying to accomplish in prayer, and we have more passion to do it. Do you know why people don't work on bus routes? They don't have vision. They don't have passion. Do you know why people are so content just to have a couple kids in their Sunday school class rather than it's oftentimes vision and passion? Can we have to keep on working. All of us have different gifts, different strengths. The reason we're not carrying Gospel tracts and sharing the Gospel of Christ, by the way just this week I heard about somebody else coming to Christ through a Gospel tract. And the person who gave them a tract doesn't even remember them, doesn't know who they are, and they don't remember who they were. But God has got them in in the book of life because of a Gospel tract. But the reason we don't is because of a lack of prayer. The reason we don't have what we need. James is very clear on that. You have not because... We don't ask, and then when we ask. We ask a miss to consume it up on our own lust because it's all about us. I want this, God. I want you to give me this. I want this. Give me a win on this on this ball game. Give me a. Give me. A, let the service be good so I can get something out of it. It's all self absorbed, rather than uh, it's a monologue. It's just me talking to God rather than a dialogue. It's not just talking to God; it's talking with Him. I think there's some some levels that all of us ought to say, God, with your help, I am not going to be an infant prayer the rest of my life. I would like to learn what it means to be a godly, single lady, single man that knows how to pray. I would like my dad uh, to have a teenage son, a teenage daughter that knows how to pray. I would like my kids to have a dad who they could come to and say, Dad, would you pray with me about this? And my dad would drop to his knees beside his bed or beside the couch and say, let's, let's pray about that. Well, we, we're so fearful. And oftentimes we're fearful because we we're not prayerful. We're going through logical steps and societal plans without even consulting God. There's so many things we forfeit in life because I'm not willing to pray. And sometimes they're not willing to continue to knock and to ask and to seek. And God is not reluctant. Imagine, in, uh, imagine one thing that God probably finds hard to believe is that we find it hard to believe. Imagine of all the things that God might be surprised with us, He probably has a hard to believe that we have a hard time believing Him. And, f- and prayer is where that's going to be seen. Because when the Son of Man cometh, will He find someone willing to pray on the earth? That's what He says, when I, can find, when I come back, will I find faith on the earth? Someone willing to continue to intercede and to pray and continue praying. I think our God has probably says, I can't believe, John, that you don't believe. What do I have to prove to you? What do I have to show to you? We hear the stories of George Mueller, we hear the stories of Elijah, a man of like passions as we are, and yet he prayed, it didn't rain for three and a half years because of his prayer. He prays again and says, I think it's time for rain. God, what do you think? I think so. And God brings rain. We'll go through all kinds of things and rolls, we'll, we'll be willing to tell every Tom, Dick, and Harry. We'll be able to give ungodly amount of money to get this advice, this advice, and we won't even kneel a knee won't even pray. And a dearth of prayer oftentimes creates a dearth in power. Depth in prayer creates depth and power. See, why is prayer so difficult? Because it's so important. I hate not to tell you these things again. I know I've given to you probably three times, but I think it's important. What does prayer do? Prayer gives us wisdom. Prayer says, ask and shall be given to you that your joy might be... That's how joy, joy is an outgrowth of prayer. Wisdom is an outgrowth of prayer. How many need both of those things? I think joy is a missing element in many people in this world. The difference between you and a Jehovah Witness ought to be obviously joy. I can understand why Jehovah Witness do not have joy. But people ought to be able to look at you when you walk into a place of of business and they ought to say, yeah, there is something on that person. They ought to see the love of God on you, in you, through you. They ought to see joy. Many of us, we age and we get more and more pucker, uh, you know, the pooch disease. We're more and more cankered and frustrated. I think it's a prayer that gives us, relieves us heavy burdens. It's prayer. Jude said, building yourself up in your most holy faith. Prayer builds us up. Prayer brings us Peace. Boy, everybody ought to have a peaceful person around them. Nothing more frustrating than trying to live with someone who's tore up on the inside. That's why the Bible tells a lady, if you're married to a man, a meek and a quiet spirit, peace on the inside is of great value to the Lord. And then unless a guy says, yeah, well, I'm glad you told that for my wife, I need that. It says in verse number seven, the first word, likewise. <laughs> Ye husbands... He said, look, you need peace on the inside yourself. Where, where's the shortcut to peace? Prayer. Prayer is a way in which we uh, obtain salvation. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. With the heart man believes in the righteousness, with the mouth confession is made to salvation. Prayer invites angelic help. Daniel chapter 10. Prayer defeats satanic strongholds. Prayer helps us with hard people and hard problems. Jesus said, this kind cometh not forth but by in fasting. Prayer gives us the opportunity to see the great and mighty things. Prayer helps us get the gospel out. Pray that all men would come to the knowledge of the truth. Paul says, pray that the, that the Word of God would have free course and then we would be delivered from evil men who have not the faith. And sometimes we get what we have because we don't pray. You say, man, that guy is terrible. He's a terrible leader. That governor, he is an idiot. But we don't pray. We got opinions, but we don't pray. And you know, the king's heart, where is it? It's in the hand of the Lord. As rivers, it, it turns to whether so He will. I think we even see some of that sometimes. And that doesn't happen. We can, we ought to, I think we ought to be salt and light, but I think one thing we ought to do is to pray for our, for our leaders. Prayer is God's way of us getting labors. Pray the Lord of the harvest that He'll send forth labors into the harvest. Prayer is God's way to heal a country. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. So I, want, I want love our nation. I want to turn back to God. I believe we are, we are primed. For a touch of God upon this world before Jesus comes back. I had someone tell me the other day, they said, look man, Pastor, all this is, is just a ploy that brings us into the Antichrist. And I want to say, duh. That's happening. God is, is squeezing this society down to a place that is gonna playing right into God's hands. And I don't, think, I don't think it's wrong to call her a governor. I did that. I don't think it's wrong to, to ask them to consider other things and to pray and to say, God, give us a space of grace. I think it's important to vote. I think it's important to promote voting and all that stuff. But I don't think, I don't, I think one of the things we can do is pray that God would have His will and way. And I'm not going to be here. When the mark of the beast comes, I'm not going to be here. I hope you're not either. So do, I, do I see it happening? Yes, I see it happening. I don't think there's none of the society that's ever lived that has experienced the rapid revelation of prophecy like ours has, and we can see it happening. But and and by the way, you don't need to be afraid about it. And every time, what time I'm afraid, what should you do? Trust in the Lord. And one of the best ways to trust the Lord is take your care and make it prayer. Prayer is a big deal people who are praying are not playing. People who are praying are not as fearful. People who are praying are faithful people, faith-filled, trusting the Lord, trusting Him. by the way, our kids need that out of you, Daddy. They need that out of you, Mama. They need that out of you, Grandpa and Grandma. They need that out of you, teenagers. We need you to be prayer. You say, well, I'm I'm glad glad that He has so-and-so. Probably ought to have some teenage boys praying up here. And some teenage girls, and some single adults, and say, "You know what? I I, want to make. I want to become someone who's a person of prayer." In Jeremiah thirty-three, we have a beautiful, beautiful scenario. Somewhat, it's not a good time to be in Judah. Jeremiah is that weeping prophet, and you see in chapter 29 how he, he sends a letter over to people in Babylon, and tries to encourage them to, to build ye houses, and live in them, and plant gardens, and, and eat the fruit of your gardens, and have children, and, and seek the peace of your, of your, because he goes, I know the thoughts I think towards you. They're good, not evil, to bring you to the expected end. But in chapter 33 and 32 he gets locked up by his king. He is proclaiming to come back to the Lord, to live holy, to do rightly, and so the king throws him in the dungeon. He's tired of his mouth, he's tired of his proclamations that God's given him, and he says, You know what, enough of you. I'm putting you in jail to shut you up like Herod did to John the Baptist. And he put him in jail, and in, in jail, God wants him to buy property. And he's thinking, What in the world? It's a not a good time. The circumstances are not good. And by the way, circumstances help us to learn to pray. If things are all good, then we oftentimes forget God. And I think this is a good time. It's sad that God uh, that, that it took COVID for us to learn to pray a little bit more. But it, whatever it takes, I'm sure God's appreciative of that. But circumstances, I, I saw this about circumstances. We do not choose our circumstances, but we choose our condition. Our spirituality should be visible and verbal during times of difficulty. Oftentimes whenever someone goes through a difficult time they say, Why this? Why now? Why me? Just like we, just, we have something bad happen to us and we spend so much time in the whys. And we need to spend a little more time in the what's. I don't care if you want to ask God, why, 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 why? I can't stand it with my kids just, why? How come I didn't do this? Why, why, why? I don't like that. I don't think God really appreciates it. And I don't care if He, I guess He probably doesn't care if you want to ask why, but you better be able to handle the silence. (laughs) Because He doesn't owe us an explanation. But we oftentimes go through a problem, and rather than embrace the difficulty and say, God, I'm trusting You through this, we say, why this? Why now? Why me? And we're crybabies through the whole thing, expecting to get God's attention because we whine and complain and think we deserve more. But in the middle of this mess, while Jeremiah is still in jail, the Lord comes to him, and verse number 1, let's look at it together. He says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came into Jeremiah the second time, while he was shut up in the court of the, of the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the Maker thereof, and the Lord hath formed it and established it, and the Lord is his what? What? You're going to see that a lot of the same things you see in Jeremiah 33 you'll see in the Lord's Prayer, same concepts. Praise, the name of the Lord. Uh, In the Old Testament they did not call God their Father. Uh, so much. And that was something new in the New Testament where He says, pray like this, Our Father. You don't see that so much in the Old Testament. You will see it, and it's taught by Jesus in the New Testament. It's a different concept of the New Testament saints that the Old Testament saints did not have the same. They had, they had God, they had the Lord, but they did not have as so much as a Father. But He says He has a name. Now, verse number three, you're very familiar with Many of us will call this God's phone number. Let's read it together. Can we please? Everybody, call unto me and I will... One more time, can we please? Call unto me and I will answer thee. I want you to look at this verse and just think of a couple of things. First of all, I want you to look at uh, the request. The request is, call unto me talk to me. He said, I'm the Lord. That's my name. I can establish it. I got got all this. You're in jail, but I want you to know who I am, and I want you to, the request is to talk to me. Hebrews chapter 4, come boldly to the throne of grace so you can find mercy and grace to help in time of need. So, he says the request or the invitation is to call upon the Lord. The response, and by the way, we have not because we boy, I just want to say, listen, let prayer be your first priority. Tonight, don't leave the service without talking to God. Whether you're on your knee at the the invitation, or you're at your seat, or you're up in the balcony, when you hit a get a problem, are you in a problem right now? Take your care and make it. He said, Call me. It wasn't a beautiful day in the life and times of Jeremiah. He was in a deep, dark, miserable place of a dungeon. He says, listen, call unto me. That's the request that God has, talk to me. In the difficult times, still talk to me. It wasn't a beautiful day, and He told him, I want you to call unto me. That's the request. The response is, I will answer you. If you call unto me, I will answer you. Now, I I think every prayer is answered. Not every prayer is heard. And maybe maybe a little doctrinally screwy here, but I think the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not answer me. Is that what it says? The Lord will not hear me. He says, is my hand short that I can't say? Is my ear deaf I can't hear? No, but your iniquities have kept me. Several people have told me, And years gone by, I'm talking to God, but He can't hear me. You know, sometimes I think Saul went through that problem. Saul, and what was Saul's problem? He thought that sacrifice could trump obedience. You know, if God wants to speak to your heart about anything, big or small, whatever He puts His finger on, obey it. I so, well, I got a little problem over here I haven't dealt with, but I am giving heavily to the work of the Lord. What's more important to God? Your sacrifice or your obedience? No, he said, rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. I don't know if you know how Saul ended his life. It wasn't pretty. He's going to fortune tellers and witches to get something because he couldn't get a hold of God. Heard about a story of a man who was pastoring a church, and he was in sin. Little little foxes dealing with him. He wouldn't deal with the sin. And one of the staff members went, and they saw him in the middle of the fellowship hall, sitting on a chair by himself, crying with his head in his hands, crying his eyes out. And the the, the man came and said, "Pastor, are you all right?" It would be revealed several months later that he had been immoral and he had little things that kept doing. And he's sitting there crying, saying, I can't get a hold of God. The heavens are brass. God's not listening to me. Why? Because he wants his sin and the blessing too. You can't have both. It's one of the reasons why almost every prayer that you see in the Bible, major prayer, has a confession component to it. It has something you've got to forgive. You can't just say, well, I'm, I'm a man of God. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Listen, you got bitterness in your heart. You're not done. You're messing around with pornography. You're not. I don't care if you preach messages or you're this or you're that or whatever. you got bitterness towards your heart to somebody. You're upset with somebody else. You can't be right with, with God and wrong with somebody else. And God's not going to say, well, you know, bless your little heart. I'll hear to your prayer. I'll let you have your little pet sin, and we'll do it. It's not going to happen. Every major praying person, the, the, the effectual prayer of what kind of person? You've got to be right with God. You've got to be right with everybody else. It doesn't mean you have to fix all of your, your relationship issues. Some of the relationship issues are on someone else's part. That's why the Bible says, you've got to forgive in your heart. Everyone, his brother their trespasses. And listen, listen here Spanky, there's no excuses. say, well, if, if what happened to me happened to you, and if what happened to you happened to me, and what happened, uh, well, you know, you would understand. It doesn't really matter what I think. No one's ever hurt me as bad as I've hurt Jesus. And when it comes to forgiving and letting someone go, you can, you can do that. But prayer is hard enough and needful enough not to waste your time doing it. If you want to hold on, regard a sinful sin, and it doesn't have to be drinking alcohol. It doesn't have to be cussing like a sailor. It can be as simple as, as a, you're holding someone else by the throat. You're not going to let them off the bat until they pay you back. You've got some kind of a sin you want to hold on to. You can do it. But you're not going to find, and I'm not going to find the prayerful response and the righteous, effectual, fervent prayer. Effectual. If I'm not right with God, and if I'm not right with others. We're whistling the wind, thinking we're going to do that. But we see, number one, He says, call to me. That's the request. The response is that, I will answer thee. When He hears our prayer, He says, I'm going to answer you. Now, we talked about this a little bit this morning. I think there's at least four Responses to prayer. So, God I think answers every prayer. Some of them are direct. They are immediate answers to prayer. How many ever prayed for a parking lot space at Walmart, and man it opened up so quickly? Sure. Sometimes you just amaze how God really, even almost you think about something and say, Lord if you think about doing that, and all of a sudden, boom! It's amazing how that, how God responds to something. Sometimes they're very affirmative and they're very immediate. And their response to prayer, I think God, that's His favorite ones. He likes to be able to, Father, can I have this? Yes. Lord, would you let me have an effective day on the bus route? Let me lead someone to Christ? Boom. You're like, wow, look what the Lord did. That's great. God, I'd like to give to that project. Please, Lord, give me. And your boss gives you a bonus check the next day. Wow, that's exactly what happened. Many of the times we ask God, and He gives us affirmative and immediate response that are direct. Sometimes His answer is delayed. You might ask it now, but it's, it's not time. God sees things in one frame. We see yesterday, today, we don't see tomorrow yet. But God knows tomorrow better than I can remember yesterday. He knows what's going on, and He's got, he, he, one thing about eternity is going to be wonderful, it's not timed. We have, there's no more night in heaven. So, there's not like a morning and a night and time as we know it. God says like a thousand years is like a day, a day like a thousand years. I mean, it doesn't really matter to Him. It's different than we, we, we think. However, some things that we want now, God says, I need you to wait on that. We sang saying this a while ago, wait on the Lord. Sometimes they're direct answers to prayer, sometimes they're delayed, sometimes they're Denials. It's just no, John. I'm not doing that for you. And you know, I remember I'm praying for the debt, and went from a ministry wide man. God's been good to us. Almost sixteen point five million is what we owed in 2013, down to eleven eight. I'm thankful for that. It's not been an easy road. As a matter of fact, I can't really explain it all. I don't know exactly how God's done some things and then led us to give aggressively in some areas and to provide upkeep and things. It's only the Lord that does that. But boy, I want the debt paid off like last month, like seven years ago. I was wanting lap band surgery and God was wanting exercise and discipline and prayer and all those things. I wanted something to happen quick. But God's working. When you don't feel God's working and you're in the area, whether you may be in delay or you may be, something God says, I'm not doing that for you. And by the way, another response God has is just a different response. It's not what you wanted, but if God chooses something different for you, it's better for you. That's why not my will, but even in the cross, Jesus said, can you let this, can you let this cup pass from me? Did God say yes to that request? No. Is Jesus happy He didn't say yes to that? Yeah. How many of you are happy He didn't say yes to that? It was better who for the joy that was set before Him, He did what? He endured the cross. Was that His prayer request? No. He goes, Lord, I don't ever want to be separated from You. We can't even fathom that. He had never been separated from His Father, ever, in all infinity past. To be separated from Him, it, it's the, the separation of a Father and a Son, a body and a soul, a spirit, to be separated. He didn't know what that was going to be like, and He's like, is there any way we can do this without this? And you know, I don't think we'll never understand exactly all that is. But God, He responds, He answers. He says, I'll answer you. I'll answer you directly in the affirmative, in the immediate. I'll answer you uh, in in delay. I'll say, you know what, that's good. We're going to do that, but not now. Or I'll answer it in denial. I'll say no. Some people do real well until they're told no. They are as as kind and as gracious until they hear the word, no, we're not going to do that. Then they start throwing a fit like they're four-year-olds. Sometimes a God just says, no, I'm not doing that. Paul said, hey Lord, if you could take away this thorn in my flesh, woo I could serve you so much better. He said, I did it three times. I pleaded, I fervently prayed. And God says, you know what, nah. I think I need you to keep the thorn, and I'll give you grace. And that was better. I don't understand how that's all better, God told him no to that, and he did something different. In exchange of the thorn, He gave him grace. Some of you, you deal with loneliness. Deal with frustration. Some of you just feel like you, you just can't get to the place you want to be. And you're, you're trying to do the right things, and you still got a wicked heart. I've got a wicked heart, and it can be deceived to me. But we want what we want. And God, some of them, He's going to say, yeah, I can do that. Ah, later. No i got a different way. We see the the request is to call. The response is sometimes it's an answer. It's going to be an answer. And then they see the result. I want to show you great and mighty things that thou knowest not. You know, I didn't think about this until preparation for this message. But you know, we think that word show needs to be give. We think that prayer is getting a treasure from God when it's really getting truth from God. He said, I'm not interested in giving you everything. I want to show you some things. You know, the primary purpose for prayer is not to release God's treasure but it is to release and reveal God's truth. You know what you need in your life more than anything else? is truth. You need revelation. What does God need you to do? What I need more than anything else, I don't need $11.8 million. What I need is to have truth revealed. Not, you know, why this, why now, why me? It should be Lord. What do you want to reveal to me? Not just to just to get to get released of treasure, but to get revealed truth. Because I want to show you, Jeremiah, great and mighty things that thou knowest not. I think sometimes we just think God is just a big candy man up there. We just go, hey. What can you give me, give me this, give me this, let me have this, let's have a good vacation, let's do this. And all those things are nothing wrong with saying, Lord please help me provide for the kids, or help me, Lord let's get this done for my wife, or get this done for the kids. I think those are, those, are, those are daily needs and enjoyment that we ought to pray for. I think God delights in giving us those things. When was the last time He said, Lord open my eyes that I can see glimpses of truth you have for me. Rather than, Lord, I need this, I want this, I want to get you to release treasure rather than to reveal truth. You know what would really change everything? Is if we stopped thinking about the dollar bill and started thinking about revealed truth. We all think about money. I think about it. I brought it up in this message. Tomorrow morning I want to know what the offering was today. I want to know, did we get any extra money in missions? Can we help the board with that project? That's something that's going to be in my heart. But through the matters, I need to spend a little more time and say, Lord, what do you want to reveal to me? I want to show me great and mighty things. Not give me, but show me. His power, His strength, rather than what I want for me. We're so temporal minded, and I struggle with this. And I don't know that you do, but I do. I just think about my little 53 years here. I think about my savings. I think about my house. I think about my family. I think about just temporal stuff. And God's a lot bigger than that. And He'd like to reveal to us great and mighty things that you know not. And I'll just say the last thing. I think you see the precept. The precept is to pray. The promise, I'll answer you. The provision, I'm, I'm going to show you great and mighty things. You're going to see me do amazing stuff. In your life. But I want you to look at the end result, and we'll close with this. Look at verse number nine, would you please? Verse nine, can we read it together? Are you ready? Here's what God does. Verse six says, Behold, I will bring health and what? Cure. And I will cure them and will reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. Now let's look at verse number nine. Here's where I think it's really fun for God. This is a reason for prayer, and this is the byproduct of prayer. Verse number nine, are you ready? This shall be to me in the name of joy, a praise and an honor before all. Can someone give me one word that maybe that would describe that whole verse? The gospel. It's a good word. i of a word with P. Do I have a thought? Who does God want to know about Him? The people where? All nations. You know, Why does God tell us to pray for kings and authority, which is good and acceptable to the Lord? That all men should be saved. You know, God is a global God. You, you know about this, David and Goliath. Remember, what would he ask his brother Eliab when he said to him and rebuked him? and said, go back and watch your sheep. What did he say to him? Is there not a... Isn't there a reason we do this, Eliab? He was clueless. He didn't know what was going on. But, whenever he was getting ready to take Goliath down, he said that all the earth may know that there's a God in Israel. What's the cause? Global conquest. It's publicity for God. Why does God want me to pray? Because He gives me a promise. He tells me, do it, John. It's my request. Talk to me. What's your response, God? I'm going to answer you. Either now in the affirmative and immediately, or I'm going to answer you by delay, or I'm going to tell you no, or I'm going to do it a different way. But you talk to me, I'll respond to you. And then I'm going to show you great and mighty things that are beyond your blow your mind, beyond your, your mindset. I'm going to heal the people, I'm going to fix the cure. I'm going to take care of stuff. And then the reason is, is because I want the publicity the worldwide. I want to be able to help somebody in Africa and in Peru and Brazil and Taiwan and China. In places that are dark, a lot darker than we are here in Hammond, Indiana. God wants a global conquest. And that should drive me to keep calling to the Lord in a a righteous state. Right with God, right with you, right with others. Let Him answer me. Let Him show what He's trying to accomplish. So that the whole world will know that all the nations of the earth will have joy and know that I helped you. I answered your prayer. I think these are great principles tonight. Could they be applicable to your heart and my life today? I think so. If there's anything out of this study, I would say is John Wilkerson needs to pray. I need just to take God up on His request. Talk to me, John. In good times and bad times, in freedom or captivity, call unto me. I'll answer you. I'll show you what I'm doing. And the whole world will get the publicity. All the nations of the world will know about me.